Hey, volleyball fans, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best place to follow the wonderful world of professional men's volleyball. Very exciting sport. Glad to have you listening today. Today's going to be a bit of an interesting episode, do a little bit of quick news, but then we're going to go right into some Champions League preview. We just found out the last team joining the Champions League fourth round, not a surprise, it's Polish club Jastrzebski Wegil, so glad to have them in the fourth round. Is it a little early to do a Champions League preview podcast? Maybe, but we're still going to do it anyway. So if you stick around and can learn something about what looks to be like a very interesting, exciting Champions League volleyball season. So let's go through some rapid fire news here. Things still standing pat in the Italian Super League. We had only one match last weekend. Ended up being a pretty interesting one though between Milano and Padova. Padova continuing to give teams a little bit more of a challenge than I would have thought looking at the roster at the beginning of the season. That was thanks to nice games from Matteo Botolo, the kind of unexpected Italian outside hitter prospects that's been playing really well this season 15 for 27 attacking with a block thrown in there for 16 points for Mattia on the other side of the net Steven Marr was definitely the MVP for them of this game 12 for 23 attacking five blocks which is you know something people underrate I think a bit about his game but he is definitely one of the better blocking left side attackers in the world Yuki Ishikawa also very steady force for uh, Milano three blocks as well for a total team total of 14 blocks for Milano so tough to win when you're throwing every which ball into the block most of those were courtesy of Mr. Tonchek Stern athletic powerful opposite but like a few other guys he just tends to hit into the block with no care in the world whether it goes tool straight down whatever he doesn't care and you know sometimes that does bite you in the butt just a little bit suvaki in the polish plus liga beat bedzin three nothing which is too bad because bedzin had a uh, very nice win against Salniasa the nights or two nights before unfortunately once they play a real team that's no longer the case thomas rousseau back at it bolads Velinsky back at it so good performance by Slovaki, securing more and more by the day their guarantee of a playoff spot. Unfortunately for Bedzin, they really could have used Rezito in this one, but unfortunately it sounds like he's having some visa issues with Poland. So unfortunately, I don't think that signing is actually going to happen this season. In Irvin Engapetlis, Zenit Kazan beat Fekel Novi Urengoy 3-1 in the Russian Cup semifinals. Not sure how serious this injury is, how long it's going to be. It's good. They were still able to make the finals without him. But uh, that's going to be a long journey, uh, potentially in the Champions League and also in the Russian Super League without Irvin Engapet, who I, even with Bednorz Mikhailov, I think he's their best player right now. Stefan Boyer, a French opposite on Verona. It was cut by the team. Kind of unexpectedly, I think, for a lot of people. 
he definitely wasn't the most efficient attacker in the league. He hasn't really been for the Verona the last couple of seasons. This is the third season there. But, I mean, he's still a very talented player, still give you a lot in block and service. So even though, like I mentioned, Tonchek Stern earlier, Stefan Boyer, another player who tends to uh, not really be able to avoid good blocks, but I think he's still quite talented. I definitely take Jean Patry over Stefan Boyer, but I still think he was a player who was appropriate for Verona's caliber, and I still think he was capable of playing better than he was. So I'm not sure if it was a big financial issue for Verona or what, but it seems like a little early to cut Mr. Boyer and... Um, so I guess for now, they're going to run with the 215-centimeter opposite Alexander Kimarov from Russia. Obviously, extremely tall, the tallest player in the entire league, but he's definitely a bit of a... Uh, got a bit of cement in his boots. So, yeah, he's not jumping or moving particularly quickly, which is why he's over at the opposite position. He's not a ballerina like Mr. Dmitry Mazursky and definitely not the player that Stefan Boyer was. Uh, there's also... Maybe not a bit of drama or controversy, but Stefan Boyer made an Instagram post. You guys can go check that out on his Instagram. Um, thanking the fans of Verona for the three years he spent there. And Thomas Jaski and, I believe, Luca Spirito were posting some very sad comments to see him leave. So um, definitely seemed like there was not a lot of smoke before the fire here. And, and it was a bit unexpected from Verona's management. Kind of makes me think there's... Maybe something else going on that we don't know about. Maybe another big transfer going in. Maybe their president slashed their budget really suddenly. Probably never find out, but I'm sure Boye will land somewhere decently um, the rest of the season. So those are the big stories as of right now. Not that many games to look forward to this weekend. We're having kind of another void weekend in the Italian Super League but we will have Trentino versus Milano which should be a great watch hopefully but anyway let's get into the meat of this podcast probably something a lot of you are looking forward to the Champions League fourth round I know I have the way it's gonna work I'm gonna go through each pool rank the teams inside it and then at the end um, give the teams that I think will make the playoffs phase of the Champions League so uh, just another note here, if you haven't been paying close attention, there's a bit of a different format this year. Instead of doing home and away legs once a week, due to uh, COVID-19, the CEV is doing a two tournaments per pool in one location. So basically, it's six games over three days. Each team plays each day, and there's two games per day. So like a real condensed flavor pack of volleyball especially there's a few weeks here where there's five four or five tournaments at the same time so it's going to be really intense might do kind of more mini previews once we get we get closer to those but i think you know as a fan i think this is going to be really interesting to follow we're still getting the same amount of games which is great hopefully they're all able to get played and i think going for a kind of mini tournament format was definitely the best way to go here. So starting off with Pool A, the bottom team in my ranking for Pool A, Lindemann's Alst, who very surprisingly won the Belgian League last season by wins in a shortened season. I would say many people, many Belgian volleyball fans would agree with me that they were definitely not the strongest team last year. They just 
good timing, a, bit, a few lucky games, and ended up uh, being the team that just uh, qualified for the Champions League through that. Obviously, usually it's uh, Greenyard Mosaic or Nac Rosalare, who are the two teams that make it. I think they're like two of the teams that are uh, have the most Champions League appearances in history. I'm pretty sure Mistake has been in every competition so far. So shocking that they are not taking part in the fourth round this year. Lindemann's Alst might be uh, the worst team in the fourth round, I would say. Um, the two players maybe that are interesting they brought in, Francois Lecat, Belgian outside hitter, and Wout Dier, who is a Belgian youth player middle. You might have seen him play a bit at the Tokyo Olympic qualifiers in January. I think he'll be Belgium's starting middle going forward. Decent amount of talent, but yeah, definitely not Champions League fourth round level talent. I'm sad to say this, but my third uh, ranked team in Pool A, Fenerbahce in Istanbul. And it's sad to say because they're bringing in some fantastic players this year. I think they're probably the best team in Turkey right now. Nick Hogue, Canadian outside hitter, Graham Vigras. Canadian middle blocker, one of the best middle blockers in the world, in my opinion. And the Turkish star national team opposite, were it not for Adis Legubzija, Medin Toy. They also are losing Voter Termat, I think was a little overmatched um, in the top of the Turkish league and Champions League anyway, so not too sad to see him go. The player they are going to miss, though, Thibaut Rosard, who is carrying Vibo Valencia this year, playing amazingly for them. Didn't really have that successful of a season last year in Fenerbahce, though, so they can afford to uh, lose him as well. And I really like this team. The last time I checked, they were winning the Turkish League. They won the Turkish uh, preseason cup this year. So definitely, I think, in my opinion, on paper, the strongest team in Turkey. Maybe in another pool, they would have a chance of qualifying. But as it stands, being in a very tough pool with uh, Zach Sekhetsers and Kozil and Skrab Belchatov, it's going to be really tough, in my opinion, to rank them higher than third. I, I see a possibility for them qualifying, especially if Taylor Sander is not healthy, although another little bit of news here. He's practicing back in Poland with the team. But yeah, they're going to need uh, Salvador Hidalgo playing like his MVP form. They're going to need Graham Vigras and Nick Hogue playing like it's 2017 World League again. They need a lot of things to go right for them and a lot of things to go wrong for Scrawing and Zaxa for them to have a chance here. And because of that Taylor Sander injury, I'm unfortunately going to have to rank Skra Belsutov as my second-ranked team in this pool. They are looking pretty strong in Poland. Matej Biniak has been a great addition to the team, filling in nicely for Jakub Kowanowski. And really, they don't even look too bad with Milan Kadic instead of Taylor Sander. And if Taylor Sander comes back, I still stand by this. They are a contender for a medal in the Champions League, but I am weighing the fact that it's He's probably going to take a while to get back to full health. And we do have a, a few weeks here before this pool in Champions League. But it's going to be tough for him to play at 100%, which I think they need to finish at the top of this pool because Zaxa, my number one team in this pool, playing really well, killing it undefeated in the Plus Liga this year. And, you know, sometimes chemistry and continuity really matter in volleyball. And that's what Zaxa's done, bringing back the whole squad, Ben Taniuti, Pavel Zatorski, Alexander Schlifka, Lucas Kaczmarek, Kaczmarek, saying it right this podcast, who is in for Arpad Baroti, which is the only significant player they lost, and they're replacing him with probably a better player who was just injured last year. 
Unfortunately, they were not able to make it past Kemerovo last year. So I, we'll see if their rosters improved enough to really make that push into elite Champions League territory because for the last few years, Zax has been the best team in Poland and they haven't really shown up at a high level in the Champions League. They, they haven't really had a game where they, they look like they have a chance to medal against the top Russian and Italian team. So we'll see if this is the year for Zaxa. Moving on to Pool B, we have Arkis Izmir, Kuchine Lube, Civitanova, Sursikoma, Monini Perugia, and Tur Vebe. Definitely a very consistently strong pool. No weakness, no uh, obvious weak team like there are in several other pools. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to put Tur Vebe uh, in last place. I know I shouldn't bet against them. I have a bad record of underrating. Uh, this team but really I, I don't see their roster this year as competitive they lost three very important players to their success last year Herman's Egliskans the opposite from Latvia Dmitry Teriomenko the Ukrainian middle blocker and Angel Trinidad Tejero maybe their most devastating loss going to Verva Versava and instead they bring in Arter Udris who I really like I actually gave him as the example of maybe the most underrated player in volleyball in my last mailbag podcast. So he for sure fits in with the philosophy of Tour as an underrated, undervalued player that they always seem to get. But I just, I don't see it with this roster. There's no one here really I can see just taking their team to the next level. I know Leandro Santos and Pablo Ventura have been playing quite well doing uh, well for Brazilians being brought in, especially Leandro Santos. I believe he's one of the best middle blockers in France so far. Unfortunately, Tour in second place in the French League so far. Usually they are just dominating it in first place the entire season the last few years. So yeah, fourth place for Tours, I think, in this pool. Third place, Arcus Izmir. Still not going to qualify for the playoffs, in my opinion. Which is hard for me to say because the Canadian setter, Jay Blancano, is on this roster. And it is a little questionable to bet against a team that's won their last seven games in the Turkish League, sitting at second place behind Fenerbahce. But again, like Tur, I just don't see the talent in this roster. They have Jay, the one of the stetters of the Canadian national team, of course. They have Julian Winkelmuller in the opposite position after things fell through with Rafael Arusio. And maybe if they still had Rafael, maybe... Izmir would be uh, an even stronger team, but uh, Winkelmuller, I think, is just a bit of a weaker player. They have a couple interesting uh, young outside hitters. Not <laughs> going to butcher this name a bit, but Yigit Gulmezalu and, of course, Mirza Lagumzija, the younger brother of Adis Lagumzija. They have a couple of strong middle blockers in Mert Matic and Mustafa Kok, but yeah, when you're going up against Lubic Ivitanova and Sersefti Perugia, good luck. Second place, oh man, <laughs> this might be the two best teams in all of Champions League, Cucine Lubici Vitanova and Sir Safety Perugia. Ooh, ooh, tough one. But I'm going to go with the team probably at the top of the pool, has been there, has been to the Champions League championship, has won the whole thing before. So I think Sir Safety Perugia is going to be number two. Cucine Lubici Vitanova is going to be number one. Both teams were probably a little better on paper last year, 
Lubitsch Ivitanova had Matej Biniak, who was there mostly for his Champions League play because if all their top players were to play in the Italian Super League, they would be over the foreigner limit. Same kind of thing with Perugia a little bit. They had Filippo Lanza starting for them instead of the more talented Ole Planitschki last year in, in the Italian League uh, domestic matches so that they could start Marco Podrashinin, Luciano De Cecco, Alexander Tanasevic, and Wilfredo Leon. And it is tough to bet against Wilfredo Leon and his potential eight aces that can come in any match. But I think if you were to have Lubicifdinova play Perugia a hundred times right now, probably Lube wins 51 of those. So I give them extremely slight edge. In Pool C, we have Ljubljana, Berlin, Zenikazan, and Yastrebshi Vejil, the team that qualified just a couple hours ago as of the recording of this podcast. And this is a pretty interesting pool. I think, obviously, Zenikazan last year had just a catastrophic Champions League season, one that completely shook their core. They fired their coach. They got rid of one of the best opposites in the world in Svetin Sokolov. They spent a whole bunch of money bringing in Bartosz Bednorz. So yeah, it was a, definitely a shocking season for Zenikazan. And look at them. Right again, right back with Yastrebshi Vejil. I'm sure they have a, a little bit of revenge that they want to enact on December 8th after Yastrebshi kind of handed them uh, a loss that ultimately cemented their fate. Masaic played a role in that as well, but yeah, it's, it's it, that's going to be a fun one. But definitely so far, Zenikazan looks... A little steadier this year than they did last year. Bednorz is playing extremely well. One of the best... Actually, no, I think he's the best server right now in the Russian Super League. Alexander Volkov has been totally fine. Subbing in for Vadim Lekshersetov. And Maxi Mikhailov is back to his old self. Back banging balls efficiently and effectively in position two. So yeah, as long as this Irvin Engapet back injury isn't something that keeps flaring up and causing issues... I think Zenikazan will comfortably win this pool. And this is going to be an interesting one in terms of who comes in second place and potentially grabs one of those three second place spots that qualifies you because I do believe that Berlin and Yastrebshi Vigil can both take games off of each other. I think Yastrebshi is the stronger team on paper. So I'm going to put Berlin number three, bringing in Eder Carbonera, the legendary national team, Brazilian middle blocker, Timothy Carl, French outside hitter, Anton Brem, the German middle blocker, the young guy, one next up for the German national team. Very tall too. I think he's seven foot, seven foot one. Unfortunately, they lost a few really important players from last year's roster, namely Jeffrey Jendrick, who I actually, I mean, he was playing probably about as well as Eder Carbonera is going to play this year. Moritz Reichardt. I'm trying to say these European names, but it's really tough. The German outside hitter and Nicholas Legoff, the big, beefy man of the middle for France. So yeah, losing some key players, in my opinion, bringing in some slightly worse players, I think. Overall, Carbonera, Carl, and Brem are downgrades over Jendrick and the other two. But Sergei Grankin and Ben Patch just have an awesome connection it's kind of the weirdest um, friendship in volleyball, in my opinion. 
but for some reason it just works so well both on and off the volleyball court so that's really fun to watch and it's not like Yastrzemski Vegio some unbeatable elite team they definitely have their weaknesses the changes they made this year bringing in Yassine Luati the French outside hitter bringing in the Moroccan opposite Mohamed Al-Hajdadi aka Aquaman coming over from Tabate in Brazil however losing a host of great players including Polish opposite David Konarski German outside hitter Christian Fromm French outside hitter Julian Liniel Canadian middle blocker Graham Vigras yeah that's going to be tough especially losing Vigras he was such deadly combination with Yuri Glatter that was one of the, my favorite middle blocking pairings in all of volleyball last season so I do think they're not quite as strong as last season however they have looked pretty good so far even without the rapidly improving Tomish for now they're still easily easily qualifying for the fourth round they did have an easy pool but still so yeah if they want to make a dent potentially beating Zenit Kazan going for one of those second round second place spots beating Berlin in both their matches I think Thomas Fornal is going to be key Yasin Lewati has been playing very well in his absence same with Al Daddy. but I think Fornal is, is definitely going to have to play a central central role on this team if they want any chance of making it to the playoffs and potentially even beyond I mean they're good enough to beat any team on any given night probably so there's a chance definitely not as strong as a Zaxa Scraw Perugia Lube uh, Trentino Zeneca Zahn, but but definitely one of the stronger teams in Champions League overall. In my last ranked team in this pool, sorry, is Ljubljana, who's not like a Lindemans Alst. I don't think they're gonna gonna be stomped, stepped over the whole tournament. They actually have some nice players, a, a solid team. Uh, they brought in Emir Tukte, the Iranian opposite young guy, won several awards, been part of that golden generation of Iranian young players. They also brought in Grego Repret. The Slovenian setter, not the starting one, that's Dejan Vincic, but he's in the rotation. He's made a few appearances at high-level Slovenian national team events. You know, quite quite a good player, I would say. Maybe a little underrated in the shadow of Vincic, but still a solid fundamental setter. And the, the only player they really lost is Kyle D'Agostino, who I think was supposed to stay with the team, but um, due to COVID-related issues was not able to join, which is too bad because he really would have helped this team. I think it was a huge part of their success last year. Really fun libero, uh, really energetic, um, good to watch. Potential guy with the USA national team. I I believe he did play a bit of 2019 Nations League with them. So yeah, tough loss at the libero position for Ljubljana. If they had kept in and maybe convinced um, Rock Mozic to come over, they would have been a really interesting team, I think. However, at the libero position, they were able to bring in Urban Tommen, who played with Frankfurt last year, and I believe will have a good future with the Slovenian national team if he has not done so already. But yeah, sorry for Ljubljana. I mean, maybe in another pool I could have put them third, but there's only so much that Bozidar Vucicevic can carry you, and I'm not a huge fan of their outside hitters. So yeah, it's going to be a tough one for Ljubljana, and I do not see them winning more than one game in this pool in pool d we have morena kemarovo versava and rosalares so a pretty competitive pool overall again no bad teams 
every game is going to be a battle in this pool. But I will definitely put Nak Rosalare in last place. Sorry to uh, my coworker who's a huge Rosalare fan, but I think this team that they're rolling out this year is probably one of the weakest ones I've seen from them in recent memory, losing two pivotal members of their lineup from last year. Brett Walsh, who was just incredible for them, was the engine of their offense. Everything ran through Brett Walsh. He was definitely one of the keys to their maybe unexpectedly good performance the last couple of years. And Canadian middle blocker Daniel Jansen Van Dorn, maybe not quite as important to their success as Walsh, but still a key part and really elevated the level of play in the middle. Obviously had good connection with Brett Walsh as well. They do have a quite a good setter coming in though. Stein Dulst, the undersized Belgian setter who absolutely refuses to shave his head despite being about eight years into severe balding. But I mean, if he wants to rock it, he can rock it. And when you can set like that, you can do anything you want with your hair. But yeah, that's really, I don't have too much to say about Rosalare. They're, uh, they're definitely good enough to win a game or two. They have a few guys who've been with the team for a long time, but yeah, losing Walsh and Van Doren. And if you're relying on George Hooman to replace the production of Van Doren, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Twilings is going to do his thing. Verhaneman's going to do his thing, but I mean, those guys are, are good and they're really good for the Belgian league and their experience and they've been here before, but yeah, not at the same level as the other guys in this pool. So the third place team in this pool I think may might have changed a little bit since the start of the pro league season because one team has been you know way better than I think than people expected and another team has been way worse than people expected. So in third place I have Versava, who I thought did a decent job of replacing the players that they lost. Antoine Brizard obviously was incredible for them the last couple of years. Really grew as a pro, became you know just another kind of youth French setter who's never going to start over Tony Udi to you know I think a lot of people are picking him to be the starter maybe at the Olympics in 2021 that's how good he is now losing Arta Udris like I said very underrated Belarusian opposite and Kevin Tilly whose brother might be drafted next week in the NBA draft shout out Killian Tilly but Kevin Tilly leaving Versava instead they brought Arter Shalpuk who I mean in my opinion, you know, he's a starter on the 2018 World Championship team. Probably a lot of people would consider him a better player than Kevin Tilly. And then also bringing in Spanish setter Angel Trinidad de Jero coming from Tour. And really, both those players have disappointed. I know a lot of Polish fans are kind of souring on Artur Szalpuk. A lot of them saying he, he's not even in consideration for Nations League and, and definitely not the Olympics or the European Championships even. Angel Trinidad, I've seen a lot of people criticize his setting, decision-making, and I kind of have to agree with them on the decision-making. His setting, I think his setting is totally fine. He's placing the ball well, but yeah, I think he's going to his behind him way too much to the opposite, and that's the real issue is they don't really have a real opposite hitter. They've tried all three of the ones on the roster so far. None of them have really been able to stand out. So yeah, a little bit of a tough season for Versava in the Polish Plus Liga actually might be a good landing spot for Stefan Boyer. That might be the uh, piece they need to transition out of this slump that they're in. 
And even though I put them in third place, I still think they have the tools, the talent to be um, a very competitive team. I mean, they still have Piotr Novikovsky, Andres Vrona, killer combination of players in the middle. Bartosz Folek, Artur Shalpuk, again on paper, very good outside hitters. Damian Wojtaszek, second best Polish libero, maybe one of the best 10, 15 liberos in the world. And yeah, if Angel Trinidad to Hero, he's played really well before. Maybe he hasn't played for a team like Versava before. So still a really good player. So I think I think they can figure it out, but it's gonna be tough playing against teams like Modena, who I'm gonna rank as the second place team in this pool. And like I said earlier, maybe we would have had them third place had we done this a month or two ago. But they've played really well. Um one of the big reasons is Moritz Karlitzek, the German outside hitter. And I mean, I've been a huge fan of Karlitzek for years now. Like, since his Frankfurt years, he's been, I thought he's one of the best prospects in uh, in German volleyball for sure. But after he had kind of been overlooked, I thought maybe a little bit in uh, the German national team competitions over the past year, I was like, oh, maybe Gianni's not seeing something. Maybe uh, Karlitzek isn't really progressing that much. But this year, he's been killing it has gained the trust as Micah Christensen, playing really well. I mean, the rest of their players, we expect to do well. Nemanja Petric, Dragan Stankovic. And I think a lot of their success is going to depend on Luca Vittori. And yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. Any player, any team that's invested in Luca Vittori and Filippo Lanza too heavily over the last couple of years, yeah, they've been burned. But uh, so far, Luca Vittori, you know, he's played about every other game well. So if Modena can you know, make their way through the pool phase and then just get a lucky Luca Vittori run in the playoffs, I, I, maybe they could go second, even uh, top four in the playoffs. Probably not, but but you never know with Luca Vittori. Sometimes he finds that fire within him and has a game where he scores like 19 points on 17 for 31 attacking gets a block, gets an ace. That's what we need to see out of Luca Vittori. We don't need him to score 25, 26. Just give me 15 to 17. Let Karlitzek and Petrick score the rest. Let Micah Christensen run the middles and just at least be a factor in the game. That's what you need from Luca Vittori. I mean, I feel kind of bad reading out the players they lost, but you probably already know who they are. Bartosz Bednorz, Matt Anderson, Max Holt, Ivan Zaitsev. Ouch, ouch, ouch. But yeah, I think first place in this pool... Kuzbas, Kemerovo, second place in the Russian league right now, bringing in the player from Modena. It's going to be an interesting matches between these two, Zaitsev's former team. I actually love that these two teams drew in the same pool. Also adding Peter Krizmanovic, who, you know, maybe out of the spotlight a bit with the Serbian national team, but he's actually having a really good season in Russia this year. It's too bad they couldn't keep Lori Kermanin because Obviously, it would have been a huge help for them in the rush er, in the uh, Champions League. I think, if anything, Kerminen has just gotten better and moved up my rankings since I, I think I put him ninth or tenth in my top liberos of 2018 YouTube video. I feel like he gets a lot more recognition now. I feel like he's on pretty much everyone's top ten libero list, but that makes it even more painful that Kemerova lost him. I'm sure he wasn't that expensive, so I'm surprised that he's going to play in Moscow. And it's too bad because Moscow did not make the fourth round, and Moscow's over the foreigner limit, so I don't know what Kerman's going to do the rest of the year. Also losing Viktor Politaev and Dmitry Pashitsky. 
So yeah, they lost some good players, and they're probably rolling with the worst outside hitters out of any of the, uh, I guess, elite teams here in Anton Karpukov and Evgeny Sivos-Helas. But I mean, the core is so strong with Igor Kobzar, Ivan Zaitsev, Chris Manishvich, uh, Shurbakov, who was incredible last year, probably the best middle blocker in all of Champions League. Those four players, I think, are just going to take them over the top of Modena, take first place in the pool. In Pool E, Chez Karlovarsko, Lokomotiv Novosibirsk, Friedrichshafen, and the team that qualified through the second round, Trentino. And I bet Novosibirsk and Friedrichshafen were just praying, praying for <laughs> Lindgren Volley Amersville to take out Trentino in Moscow. Obviously, was never going to happen, but yeah. That's a tough draw compared to a, a normal year in Champions League where maybe a second or third place German or French team would make it through the second round. By the way, I do think it's an incredibly good move by the CV to bring um, Trentino and Moscow and Yastrebshi through the first few rounds instead. I think it's hugely going to upgrade the competitiveness of the Champions League, and I, I really hope they keep this change going forward. But anyway... Fourth place in this pool, very easy choice. Chez Karlovarsko, not going to spend a lot of time in them. They had a 0-6 and six campaign in the 2018-2019 Champions League, and they might even be worse this year. So I definitely expect them to go 0-6 in this pool. Third place, Friedrichshafen. Not that they're a bad team, not that they're an uncompetitive team. But, I mean, they did lose some big players. They lost Nikola Georgiev, Brendan Schmidt, and Jakub Janosch who were all starters for them last year. And instead, they brought Dejan Vincic, the Slovenian setter I mentioned earlier, Nicolas Marichel, French outside hitter, David Field, Cuban middle blocker, who I actually I actually really like him. He played in Scraw uh, one or two years ago. Kind of un- athletic, underrated Cuban guy. I, I kind of want to see him start. And Linus Weber, a uh, young German opposite who's kind of like a German wonder kid coming up through the system. So yeah, I mean, I feel like Friedrichshafen always puts together fun rosters. I mean, they have definitely have talented players. They have a lot of like foreign players, a lot of fun players. Nehemia Mote still with the team. Uh, actually recently announced signing of Marcus Bohm, which make things interesting as well. Marty Jukami, the Estonian outside hitter. Rears Balian, Romanian outside hitter. You might see little Joe Worsley, a really fun player to watch, kind of undersized setter. Fun Hands actually has his own YouTube channel, I believe called Out of System. So if you guys like my content, you'll probably like Joe Worsley's YouTube channel as well. But unfortunately for Friedrichshof and a couple of really tough teams at the top of this pool, Trentino and Novosibirsk, I think the probably most likely scenario for them is to kind of play upset to one of those teams because they can take a game, I would say, off of either one of those teams. But unfortunately, I don't see it being Friedrichshafen's year. And second place, this is this is maybe one of the most interesting one-twos I've done so far. And that I'm going to put number two, Lokomotiv Novosibirsk, who are actually the champions of the Russian league in the shortened season. They were in number first place, which is a little strange to me, just because I think on paper there, there's quite a few. There's not quite a few. There's a few Russian teams that are stronger. I would definitely put last year at least Zenit Kazan, Kemerovo, Fekel, Novi Urengoy, and Dynamo Moscow 
pretty firmly above the talent of Lokomotiv Novosibirsk. This year, they're bringing in Drazen Luberich in an opposite, and a very costly loss for them is Fabian Drija, the Polish national team setter. So definitely putting a lot of faith in the young Konstantin Abeyev, who is the MVP of the 2018 U21 European Championships, but still quite a young guy to give the reins of a team like Lokomotiv Novosibirsk, still only 21 years old, but pretty experienced, I mean, for his age. He's, he's kind of been brought up through the Russian national team system, so some good experience there. However, Lokomotiv Novosibirsk sitting at only 2-2 two and two in the Russian league so far. I mean, Zenit Kazan's 9-0, Dynamo Moscow's 5-0, Kamarobo's 5-2, Zenit St. Petersburg 4-2, yeah, so... I think they're definitely outperformed themselves a bit last year, and losing Drija hurts a lot too. And that's why I think number one team in this pool, Trentino. Now, you guys may be saying, Dan, Trentino sucks. They've been playing so badly in the Super League. They're only three and four in the Italian Super League, only 10 points, sitting in seventh place right now. What, what are you doing? Why are they, they going to make it through? Well, this year there's two Trentinos, guys. There are Italian League Trentino, who can't hit a serve, can't pass, throw balls away, make a lot of errors. And then there's Champions League Trentino. There's Trentino that absolutely eviscerated Moscow, who is number two in the Russian League. This is the Trentino where Namir absolutely serves bombs and dodges the block every time. Dick Coy is serving bombs. Gianelli's running into the stands to save the ball. This is the Trentino that we're going to see in Champions League. And this is a Trentino that I think has a very strong chance of winning a medal. So now that I'm kind of gone over all the teams, I'm going to make my final predictions about who's going to make the quarterfinals. So quick rules refresh. It's going to be the top team from each pool after their two mini tournaments, making it and then the three best second place teams are going to qualify. So every game counts. Even if you don't win your pool, there's still a chance you make it through with that second place. We've had times where teams have made it by one set. We have times where teams have made it by one point. So anyway, so in case you uh, forget who I chose, the winners of each pool that I chose, Zaksa, Kedrujan, Kozhal, Kuchine, Lube, Chivitanova, Zenit Kazan, Kuzbas Kemerovo, and then Trentino, who changes their sponsor every year, so I'm not going to say it. The three second-place teams, I think, are going to be Skrob Belchatov from Pool A. I can easily see them being Linda Menz Elst both times. And despite Fenerbahce being the strongest Turkish team, I think if Taylor Sanders is healthy, there's a very good chance, even if he's not 100%, that they still are able to take down Fenerbahce twice as well, which means if they take one game off of Zaxa, they're for sure making it through, and even if they don't, 4-2 and two is a lot of the time good enough to get you in. But I'm mostly picking them because there's less of a chance of them losing a trap game to the last-ranked team in their pool. I think Sir Safety Perugia, kind of the same deal. Even though their pool is stronger, I think they're a stronger team overall than Scraw. They could... Obviously, I mentioned earlier, they can very well win the pool outright. 
but I think there's a good chance, almost guaranteed, they are four to six wins. Five being likely. I, I could definitely see Lube, Perugia splitting their series and then both of them beating the two other teams in their pool to nothing. In Pool C, like I mentioned, I can see Ljubljana taking a game off of Yastrebshi. I could see Berlin definitely taking a game off Yastrebshi. So I think those kind of teams at the bottom are going to get a bit muddled. And, you know, if one of them wins four games and then one of them is a five-setter so they don't get as many points, could be tough for them to qualify. Pool D, I think, a similar thing because the, there's no kind of standout teams and the teams at the bottom of the pool are a little stronger. Again, there could be a few five-setters. There could be a few unexpected wins from maybe a Rosalare or a Versava Modena, whichever one ends up playing well. Yeah, and since its pool is, is on paper more evenly matched, I don't think we're going to get a second-place uh, team from here. And finally, Pool E, I think we're going to see Lokomotiv Novosibirsk be the final second-place team in the playoffs. And I know I just said they were only 2-2 two and two in the Russian League. They're not playing that well. Their team's weaker. They lost their starting setter. But it's mainly kind of just lucky that they were in the pool they ended up in. I think Karla Varsko is going to be a really easy matchup for them. And, you know, I, I definitely like the players on Friedrich Schaffen, but I don't think they have the top-to-bottom roster that can compete with Lokomotiv Novosibirsk. I think there's too much chemistry there. I think there's too much continuity there. Obviously, a lot of athleticism and size in a uh, top Russian team. So, yeah, just kind of a lucky result being in that pool. And I also think Trentino's potentially leave a win on the table for Lokomotiv Novosibirsk, but not leave one on the table, let's say, for Friedrich Schaffen or Karla Varsko. So to recap, I think the uh, my official Champions League fourth-round predictions are Zaksa Kazerzhen Kozhel, Skral Belchatov, Kuchine Lubechiv Denova, Sir Safety Perugia, Zenit Kazan, Kuzbas Kemerovo, Lokomotiv Novosibirsk, and Trentino. If you guys have any different opinions, you think I'm underrating, overrating a team, if you want to send me your full Champions League predictions, I'm, I'm happy to read them. I want to hear what you guys think. If you think I'm right, if you think I'm completely off base, write to me at 51vb at gmail.com. Send me an Instagram DM. I'm always happy to have a chat about volleyball, but I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Hope you learn something new, and I hope you watch some good volleyball this week. Cheers. Thank you.